Welcome to the first episode of T7 Talks, where we share our real-world experiences applying design and technology to deliver digital solutions. My name is Damian Scott. Today I'm joined by Monday Morgado and Nathan Smith. They'll be sharing their thoughts on component-based user interface development and its benefits. Now we at Tandem 7, we've been shifting our design and implementation approach towards component-based for probably maybe it's the last 18 to 24 months. And at times it's, it's, it's hard to see the value early on in the implementation or in the, in the design process, but as the en engagements go along, we really get the value in time, speed, and quality. So it really takes a bit of patience and discipline. So that's kind of the first thing I would say to everyone that's listening, right? Be patient as you, as you make the switch and be disciplined and, and committed to the component-based approach. So guys, you've both been building applications for many years and seen a variety of approaches. Nathan, why don't you tell us what is, compo what is a component-based architecture and why is it important? Sure, yeah. Um, basically, components component-based architecture just means breaking things apart into manageable chunks. Uh, usually you break them apart logically or into you know areas that have similar functionality. Um, I guess it's an extension of uh, like a broader topic that we, you would call uh, module-based architecture. And modules themselves in JavaScript have been kind of often uh, misunderstood, maligned, and uh, have, have evolved over the years. Uh, initially, our, all we really had to work with was the um, function scope. So we'd have, you know, self-invoked uh, functions to create closures. Uh, then we had, you know, more build systems that came along to help with um, modularization. And more recently, you know, we have frameworks like React that actually have the, the formal um, concept of a component. And then with that, you get uh, the class-based class uh, architecture that's been added to the more, more recent versions of JavaScript. Um, so it's it's changed through the years. We've always kind of continued, continually have um, been striving towards you know that ideal, uh, the loosely coupled uh, approach to building applications, and I feel like we're we're finally starting to hit, uh, you know, get over that the crest of the wave in in terms of um, finally having something solid to work with with, uh, with ES6 and the classes and uh, you know frameworks like React. So, Mundy, anything to add on, on your thoughts on s some of the benefits and why a component-based approach is important? Yeah, I always think of the the metaphor of Legos. Um, you know, really, you know, breaking your code and your UI into components. The reason you want to do that really is for reusability. Uh, you know, in the past, <clears throat> we may have purpose-built a particular component so that it only fits in whatever application that we have and be working on. Um, but, you know, when you think about it in terms of Legos, uh, if you have a red 4x4 four four brick, uh, you can build a castle with that, or you can break that apart, and you can build <coughs> a fire station with that. Um, and so it's really the, the same concept. Um, we want to create our UI uh, both from the standpoint of code and design such that, you know, it's independent, it's encapsulated, uh, and it can be composed with other components to build whatever it is that you need. When, you know, once you take the time to, to do that, uh, then it really is just a matter of um, assembling your components into whatever application you want, and then reuse those again for the next thing that you need to build. Yeah, and 
know, we used to talk about, you know, we always kind of talk about componentization, encapsulation, you know, whether it's a back-end technology or front-end build. And we tried to do this quite often in, you know, just straight HTML and CSS, but it really was a, was a copy and paste. So you'd build a component, you might use it many times, but it would end up being replicated. So if you had a small change to make, you'd have to make that change in 5, 10, or maybe 30 places, right? Um, as we've evolved now and really have the technologies to deliver on the component vision, right? So we can start from a design point of view and design components and how do we put those together to build an application and we build those components and reuse them. Um, it really provides a lot of value. I'll dive in here and take a stab at this. Uh, <coughs> tools and there are a bunch of things that are enabling component driven development uh, and they're happening simultaneously at a lot of different levels. Uh, at the lowest level, <coughs> what I would call out is uh, the rise of Node.js as a platform. So Node.js is a JavaScript interpreter, um, and it's able it allows you to run JavaScript on your computer and outside of a browser, where you know most people think of JavaScript as being something that runs in the browser. Um, <coughs> why that's important is uh, that allows developers uh, who are creating uh, JavaScript components that run in the browser. Uh, it, it's, it allows us to to really uh, allows a way for us to share those JavaScript modules um, with each other or across open source projects or across uh, applications. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that it allows us to do is um, it allows us to package our components and bundle them into into one you know into production ready pieces. Uh, you know, in, in the old days before Node.js, if you wanted to reuse a component, let's say jQuery, uh, you know, you'd have to literally go to the jQuery website, download the file, <coughs> then, you know, take your script tag and your HTML and link it in there. Um, and besides being cumbersome, that's also error prone, particularly if uh, there's a new version of jQuery. Um, and, you know, once you start using lots of components, uh, you know, you take a look at that HTML file and you'll see 20 links to 20 different libraries. Uh, and, you know, it, it quickly becomes hard to manage. Um, so with the advent of Node, uh, we're able to automate a lot of that stuff uh, with uh, the package manager that comes bundled with Node. It's called NPM. Uh, and that's able to seamlessly handle downloading, versioning, um, and then there's other tools like Webpack that run on top of Node that are able to understand all of those <coughs> versions and dependencies and bundle, bundle them together into one, uh, one production-ready JavaScript bundle that contains every dependency in our app. Uh, and just being able to, to do that in an automated fashion really makes uh, you know, going with this component-based approach uh, super easy and, and uh, much more reliable than doing it by hand. And I think breaking things apart, uh, it also allows you to test things in isolation. Um, so if you have like a page level component that contains several UI components, you can write your page level test to just test the things that wouldn't be handled by the component level test. So let's say you had a table of data, you could write a uh, test to make sure that the, the table has the correct amount of rows. Um, but then in the page level test, you could just write a test to make sure that the AJAX call fired off correctly. Um, so that you wouldn't you wouldn't be writing tests against every little UI element within your page. Um, likewise, if you had 
children components that also themselves had children, you wouldn't be testing down to the nth degree. You would just test just enough to make sure that that component itself does what it's designed to do. Um, so that, that lets you get really granular with really granular components. Uh, and then at high level ones that are more, uh, that exist more for the purpose of containing smaller things, uh, lets you test more generically. Yep, and, and uh, sorry, we, we pointed out the, the node as kind of like the low level force, you know, with the tooling that it uh, gives us. Uh, on a higher level, I think uh, frameworks like React or Vue or Angular, um, at a higher level, they promote componentization because of their API and the way uh, they force you to uh, really encapsulate the code that you're creating. Um, and once you get in the habit of working within the constructs that those frameworks provide, um, you know, they, they really promote you to, to author code. In fact, the only way that you can author code is, is in a way that is component-based. Um, <clears throat> and that was the other hard problem to solve back in the day uh, where, you know, if there was no consistent structure uh, within a component, like a component lifecycle, like when you get data, when you render data, uh, when you display, when you tear things down, when you start things up, uh, you know, all those details were left to left up to the, to the developer, and there was no consistency. So that made it really hard for components to to interoperate. Um, so, you know, the combination of Node at the low level with the tooling, and these component-oriented frameworks at the high level, uh, you know, and then being able to share all these all this code via npm. You know, all those things work together to really make, you know, now the time that component-based development and design uh, really makes sense. So, I mean, we've been talking a lot about so many benefits to taking this component-based approach. Um, what are some of the challenges you guys have seen as we've been using and applying it over the last couple of years? Um, you know, what are the challenges we've found in, in adopting? One thing I've seen is, I mean, you really have to get everybody lined up through the design process and into the development. So design has to start thinking component-based and how do we line those up into that development approach if we don't have that connection with our user experience plus technology, um, you know, it makes it a lot a, a lot more challenging to make that translation. What are some of the other things you've seen in, in, in your experience, Nathan? So, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a double-edged sword or, um, but there's a flip side to, you know, being very component-based it forces you to be methodical and to think things through. Um, so there, I heard somebody joking the other day, and they're saying, hey, I went to a weekend hackathon, and you know, the other guy's like, how did that go? Oh, well, it was, it was great. We, we set up Webpack the amount of time we had. <laughs> so, so projects, uh, they do have a little bit more ramp-up time, I think, now. Um, so perhaps component-based might not be the way to go if you just want to prototype out something really quick and prove out something that in CSS and HTML, uh, but it definitely does force you to be more thoughtful in how you build things. And if you can get that whole team or your whole, you know, development department across a company thinking in that way and agreeing to to adhere to certain patterns of the way that you do things, um, then that can make components shareable even across projects. Um, for instance, we had one project where <coughs> our developers were spread a little thin, and I wasn't even on that project necessarily, uh, but they said, hey, can you make something and you make an SVG data visualization in React. <clears throat> so I said, sure, you know, tell me what, what it needs to do. Tell me the, you know, the shape of the props that the, uh, 
you know, the object that will be passed to it. Uh, so I was able to take their example, JSON, and using D3 and React, build a SVG data visualization that I was then able to hand, by, hand back without actually being kind of in the weeds on that particular project. And with a few tweaks, you know, the developers that were on that project were able to get it working and it, it suited their needs. And so I think that's that's one of the real benefits, I guess. And to me, I know you asked about the drawbacks, but to me that far outweighs the, the drawback of a little slower start time, uh, just being able to have things so portable. I kind of think of it like the, uh, you know, the industrial Industrial revolution was made possible by the advent of interchangeable parts. And I feel like with components and classes and ES6 modules, you know, that's finally what we're able to do. Uh, whereas in the past, we we would try to have similar concepts, but we were basically faking it the whole time, and so we didn't really have true uh, portability of code. No, well, definitely, we're seeing some great uh, benefits too. As you think about compliance and accessibility and support across devices and reducing some of that testing and improving quality. Um, Monday, you've been doing a lot of work with some of our clients around accessibility. How's this component-based approach really making a difference there? Yeah, um, you know, accessibility uh, is hard, <laughs> just put it that way. Um, and just like a lot of things, you know, when we're coding complex user interfaces, uh, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to uh, get the markup for your component correct um, so that a screen reader can read it correctly to a non-sighted user or so that uh, you know a particular component can work consistently across Android or iOS on a phone on a desktop um, you know it's no small feat to get one piece of code to do all those things across all those different uh, landscapes so uh, you know, it, the effort that you need to put in to make a really robust component uh, is not something that you can do uh, from scratch on every single project. So that's why, you know, this topic is really important for us um, because we want to have high-quality components. Um, <clears throat> and we, and so if we take the time and we invest the time to, to create something like that, uh, we need to be able to reuse that. Uh, otherwise, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and so that that's the great thing. We we put the time, we put the investment, we do all the testing to get, let's say, uh, an accessible tab widget. Um, we there, you know we don't want to keep doing that. We want to take that component and we want to be able to iterate on that additional investment as time goes on. <clears throat> and so uh, you know now we're able to do that. Um, and then I think this gets to another topic of versioning. Uh, you know. You're not gonna you're not gonna build it once and then just leave it alone. You know that component's gonna evolve over time, uh, and so that's where versioning comes into play um, and having an automated way to to handle versions to be able to install uh, different components at different versions uh, is super important. Uh, but the, just the time savings, being able to you know once you're able to take that component and use it across different projects, uh, then you really get the benefits of that investment. Uh, and then you see the, actually the, the time savings and the cost savings over time as you as you use it across different projects. Another great aspect about uh, component-based architecture is because you're able to abstract things. Uh, so let's say there's certain aspects you want to not have to repeat yourself over and over. Uh, you can embed that into the component. Uh, one of the things you can embed are all the accessibility hooks that are necessary to make uh, your components and your page and your app 
work with assistive technologies such as screen readers, you can bake all that into a component. So let's say you have a senior level person that's well-versed in accessibility, um, and he or she knows the right way to build a particular component according to the W3C specs. Um, you can do that, and then you can tell a junior developer, okay, if any instance you might need a modal, use this component that we built, and then it just works kind of you know, automatically, automatically behind the scenes. Uh, the junior dev doesn't have to concern him or herself with the implementation. They just have to set the state of, is the modal visible? What does the modal contain? And all the rest of that, uh, the ARIA roles and, and so forth, are already contained in the component. And those can be maintained once. If there's a change that needs to be done, it can be done at the component level. And it affects all instances of the modal. Um, so that makes it really good to really makes for a really good workflow, allowing developers, senior developers, to go in, kind of lay the groundwork, and for junior developers to be able to jump into the code base and be productive without having to worry about building that themselves, and without having to worry about possibly those tangential aspects being messed up uh, as as the modals and as those type of components are being used. That makes total sense. Um, we're um. You know, we're talking a lot about how to all the benefits and and why it's Im important to take this component-based approach. But you know, me as a as a new person, or as we as we step into a new client and they're not using this approach, how does an organization get started? Right? How do they? What's what are the first couple of steps we would recommend? I mean, Nathan or Monday, as you as you hop in, what have you seen work? What doesn't work? How should I get going? I think when you're just getting started, and I'll use React as an example um, because that's what I've been steeped in lately, um, it's good to just start doing uh, like the view layer. And then as you understand more about what the API is going to look like, you can start building out your uh, Redux, which is kind of the, the data layer that pairs well with, uh, with React. Uh, that way, it's not too daunting in terms of trying to think through every uh, aspect of the architecture. And that'll allow you to do basically what we used to do with just HTML and CSS, stepping things out quickly. You can have a, a render method that just renders the markup um, so you can get the styling correct. Um, but yeah, I think it can be daunting at first in that it's just such a big paradigm shift. Um, but given that a lot of the major frameworks are heading this way anyways, I think that it's, it's definitely well worth the effort. Um, if you're coming from a jQuery background, Think of HTML as being trees in a forest, and jQuery is the JavaScript that gets applied. So you're <coughs> you're basically decorating that forest. Uh, whereas frameworks like React that generate the markup from JavaScript, it's like planting a, a seed from which a forest grows, and then when it grows up out of the ground, it's already got the decorations applied to it. Uh, so it's a different way of thinking, um, and it definitely feels foreign when you're first starting, but uh, eventually it just becomes second nature. I think like like most aspects of, of development, you know, um, shifting to jQuery away from raw JavaScript back in the day was also a big jump, and a lot of people kind of pushed back on it then. Uh, so I, I would say it's another, it's, it's as significant, if not more significant, of a shift from, uh, you know, tables to divs and, uh, you know, CSS for layout. Um, but it's definitely well worth, worth the jump, I think. Yeah, and I would even say that it's, it's, you know, arguing the business case for, for this approach is, is actually pretty easy. And in my experience, you know, it, it's kind of almost counterintuitive. You would think you might get some pushback, <coughs> um, but I don't think there's any company out there uh, that, any large company out there that has maybe multiple applications um, 
where it hasn't felt the pain of trying to keep their branding uh, consistent across those applications. I don't think there's any company out there uh, whose IT department hasn't felt the pain of trying to migrate applications or trying to keep multiple applications in sync or, uh, or you know, have basically three different copies of the same widget across three different applications and now they're you know, they're creating a fourth app and, you know, they're, they're in that same problem. So, you know, once you, once you start to show the benefits, uh, I think you get a lot of buy-in right away um, because I think, you know, most companies have actually felt the pain and the inefficiencies of not having a, a design system in place or some approach to component-based uh, reusability. So, I mean, as, uh, and I would kind of add to, we, we have a fair amount of resources in our Tandem 7 GitHub repository that, that you know people can look to to help them get started. There's also so much that's being made available throughout the web, right? Just look. There's a lot of things there. We'll we'll as we uh, we'll sh share some links of things that are really some great resources to help you get started. But in summary, right? You're thinking about component, right? You, you're getting reusability, right? It's driving higher quality. You're not rebuilding the same things over and over again. You're you're building it once and you're reusing it. You know it works. It works across devices. Um, you're getting increased design compliance, right? So you're not having to redesign things five or six different ways. You want the same branding, the same usability. You want the controls to work in a consistent way. It drives that design compliance. And ultimately, you're getting team efficiency, right? So you're only focused on the new things you need to build or the extensions to existing components where you need to version it or maybe create a new iteration of it. And finally, this kind of gives significant right, or decrease time to value, right? There's a lot of changes we need to make. There's a lot of things, kind of the speed of the web and the speed of delivering digital solution, it's just getting faster and faster. This is gonna help businesses and your business and our, and, and our clients to really move at that speed of digital. So I really wanna thank you all for joining the first Tandem 7 Tech Talk. Please provide feedback and comments. And next time on T7 Talks, we'll discuss how you can create a component library and establish the necessary governance processes to ensure adoption and use of that so you get all the benefits. So I want to thank Mundy and Nathan for all their great input. So guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Damien.